Hello and welcome everybody back to the Hold for Hold Pro Wrestling Channel. I'm your host and your brother, Jaime. I really gotta start saying my intro, like my actual name, uh, now we're, that we're cross-platforms. Um, we're on Apple, we're on Spotify, uh, Google Play, wherever you find podcasts, we're on there. And of course, this is taped live here on, on the Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash hold for hold. And, uh, of course, upload it up to YouTube as well, so you can find me on YouTube. I can't have a custom URL yet, but one day we'll get there with your guys' help. Uh, didn't really mean to do all the plugs so early on in the in the show, but, I mean, maybe that just feels more natural. Anyways, you guys, sorry for having you hear my inner thoughts. We have some wrestling to talk about. Um, we had an AEW Dynamite tonight. It was fantastic, I'll be honest with you guys. I really enjoyed the show. I felt that it had a lot of good matches. And yeah, I, I'm going to talk about some specific things later on that I that are kind of like broad strokes of why this Dynamite was so good and, you know, really niche parts of it as well as that really all built into this beautiful stew that was this Dynamite. But first, we have kind of a serious topic to talk about. I, I put it in the intro or in the title and in the uh, thumbnail. John Moxley, uh, uh, well, Tony Khan shared on Twitter. I'm just going to read a statement. Tony Khan shared, and I quote, John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of this AEW family, and we all stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. So, yeah. John Moxley, uh, he, we won't be seeing him on our TVs for a little bit. And, you know, kudos to him for getting help. A lot of people, they don't get the help they need. And it, you know, it's not a good road. So I'm very glad to see that he's getting help. And we wish him the best, best possible outcome out of this and everything else in his life, whatever, you know. Uh, I, I saw a lot of weird things on Twitter today. So just want to really put out that John Moxley kudos to you it's a very brave move it's a big step and you know best wishes to John Moxley um so yeah that's that's the biggest bit of news coming out of the wrestling world and it's pretty serious and if you or anyone you know you know struggles with uh substance abuse issues it's it's just so common especially here in America it's one of the most underreported and you know it leads to a lot of damage so please if you can help those around you if you yourself need help, please feel free to reach out to a loved one, to anyone, honestly, because it, it's really, it really could change your life. Anyways, you guys, uh, we had dynamite. Let's talk about dynamite. Let's mellow out with some goofy, fun time wrestling. Um, the show, like I said, it was very good. Uh, it started things off with Kenny Omega taking on Alan Angels, and I think you guys can tell where this was going to go. Uh, it was a pretty competitive matchup, but Omega never really was in too much danger. Alan does get a really nice moonsault uh, to the outside at one point. He goes for a frog splash, but he eats some knees. Kenny Omega finishes off the match with just three vicious V-triggers for the pin, and then proceeds to berate Alan Angels on the mic afterwards. Uh, he then looks to give a one-winged angel to Alan onto a steel chair, but Adam Page makes the save. 
Uh, so yeah, Adam Page makes a save. He holds up the AEW title. He kind of like plays with it. He's like, mm, should I hold it? So great image. This feud, I can't wait. I don't care if that was just filler. It was good to me. I can't wait for this match. This is going to be a crowning moment for Adam Page. He could have done a little more of a substantial role tonight, but um, honestly, it doesn't matter at this point. I'm all aboard on the Cowboy. Uh, so, yeah. Following this, we have a Malachi Black promo. He says that he being barred from ringside tonight in the Cody Rhodes-Andrade match won't have any effect on the outcome and says that when they assassinated Julius Caesar, it wasn't just Brutus's knife who, uh, or Brutus who betrayed him. Um, also, I think Malachi said Marcus, and I, I, that's not right. It's, it's Brutus, isn't it? Or is it Judas? It's Judas. Is that not Judas? I don't know, man. I don't know history. Uh, either way, I'm pretty sure none of us said the right name, but it's okay. We kind of get the memo that, you know, Julius Caesar was betrayed by more than one person. Uh, following that, we have CM Punk come down to the ring. He is dropping a promo. Uh, he gives a really touching, uh, like, tribute to Mox before he really gets going. Um, so that was really nice of him having the crowd chant his name, telling him, you know, it's it, you know, it's really hard to get help, but, you know, everything I just said, basically. Uh, and then he discusses his beef with Eddie Kingston and says that he wants to join the Eliminator uh, tournament, you know, the spot that's open now because of Mox. But he wants to finish his business with Eddie first, so he will not be in that tournament. Um, fall, it was a good promo. It was a good promo. Uh, I don't know why Eddie's not there tonight. Um, you know, I don't know, but... Uh, they made it kind of clear like he's not there, so they can't have their face off. They're going to have a face off on Rampage this Friday live in, ooh, they said it so many times, I think Louisville, somewhere. Uh, so they're going to be live with that face off. That should be pretty good. I think that war of words is really going to add another layer of depth to CM Punk's character coming back, you know, because yeah, I mean, we know him for his scorching promos like the pipe bomb and uh, that one he cut on Triple H. And John Laurinaitis, man, if you haven't watched that one, it's amazing. Uh, so, yeah, we know him for his just, like, scorching promos and his ability to be off the cuff and uh, really natural. And we haven't seen that side of CM Punk since coming back to AEW. And I think this is going to be that. It, he, he's going to have to hold his own verbally with Eddie Kingston. And it should be very interesting to see. Um, I Damn, it's, it's going to be a good promo now. I'm really thinking about it. Because even just seeing last, what was it on Rampage? Um, yeah, I think it was Rampage. Or maybe Dynamite. No, it was Rampage. Uh, on Rampage, after Eddie, you know, lost to Danielson and he interrupts CM Punk's uh, promo or interview, just the natural interaction they had right there was really good stuff. And it, and are already added to CM Punk's character. So, yeah, in-ring promo, it's going to be good. Following that, though, we do hear from the man who is going to be in that Eliminator tournament now, filling in for John Moxley. It's Miro. I love Miro. We all know that Miro is God's favorite champion, but he doesn't anymore. He is, you know, having a crisis with his God. He questions his God's intention of putting him in this tournament. And but, you know, at the end of the day, he still wants to win it. He still thinks he's going to win it. But he does question God's intention. Put him in it. I thought that was really good stuff. Uh, Miro makes the most out of the shortest amount of time he could possibly do. And uh, 
yeah, his promo work is career-defining work right now. I think people are going to be studying this from, for years to come. Following that, we have the Super Clip getting interviewed. Uh, they're interrupted by Christian. Christian gets in their face, and the Super, the super Click are like, bro, it's three against one. You might want to walk away right now. Uh, they look behind them. It's Luchasaurus. They all start to brawl. Uh, Adam Cole... Yeah, this gets messy, guys. This gets really messy. They're brawling in backstage, and then they come out into like the ramp area and the, uh, you know, the entrance set. So they're brawling up there. Jungle Boy makes a surprise like dive from the stage to the floor. Uh, it does eventually end with Adam Cole in the snare trap from Jungle Boy, and Christian delivers a concerto to Adam Cole. Pretty vicious. I was not expecting to see that. It's, um, you know, it's kind of a more serious take on this feud now. You know, they're upping the stakes, upping the violence even. Um, and, and this is one of the bits that I really am enjoying about AEW in general, like uh, watching it, you know, every week with you guys, um, is seeing just how interwe interwoven feuds can be. And we're going to talk about this more with the Cody Rhodes Andrade match, but like right now, the Super Click are in a feud with both the Dark Order and Jungle Express, and it doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel, you know, like, well, they're the heels and these are the faces. It feels like everyone has a genuine animosity towards each other, and it makes for good television. Like, I genuinely enjoy seeing these, all three of these teams interact, and I get excited when any of the members are included in this so yeah christian delivers a concerto that sets a message right there and adam cole has a match on friday against johnny hungy so i don't know i don't know if he's gonna win that anymore to be honest uh but following that we have ruby soho and chris stanlander having like one of those drake and josh-esque promos um and uh they're just giving each other pops really uh, and it kind of ends with Chris, Stan I think it ends with Ruby Soho just acknowledging like Chris Stanlander is going to be a, her, her toughest opponent or something. So, you know, should be a good match. Should be a good match. I don't know who's going to walk away in that one. I'm, I'm sure Ruby is. She's the biggest star, but Chris Stanlander's great, you know? So who knows? Following that, we have FTR. Uh, they sat on open challenge for their AAA Tag Team Championships, uh, and they are met with uh, Samurai Del Sol and Aerostar, you guys. Aerostar, I had not gotten to watch a single match of his, but gosh, I've seen so many Twitter clips of him just falling off of ridiculously high things that I was so excited for this match. And Samurai Del Sol, if you uh, uh, remember Kalisto from WWE, which honestly, Kalisto and Rusev, formerly known as Rusev, uh, Miro, had a great feud over the US title that I thought was, you know, like potentially setting up Kalisto to be kind of like the next underdog babyface, but as we all saw, it did not pan out. Uh, but tonight, they got a really good showcase match against FDR. Uh, FTR come to the ring wearing American flag and Mexican flag uh, knee pads, which I really enjoyed. It's a really fun start to this match with, you know, the Lucha things, you know. Aerostar gets tagged in. He does like seven kip up flips i've never seen someone do that many in a row and it kind of looked like he was getting lost in the ring and and uh dax would have to kind of move out of his way but nonetheless very impressive very hard to do 
Uh, we get a double plancha spot to the outside, and Nero, Arrow Star nearly breaks his neck on this plancha. And, and JR even calls him out on it, but he's fine. FTR do regain control after Arrow Star tries to do a double Rana onto both Cash and uh, Dax, but they overpower him and kind of like send him into the ropes. Uh, go to the break, we come back. Arrow Star makes a comeback with a Swanton to the outside to Dax. And boy, this Swanton, he gets up on the top rope and hits. It looks like he's going to go for a moonsault on Cash Wheeler, who's laid out on the inside of the ring. But no, he does a full Swanton to the outside. And it kind of looked like his leg caught the barricade. And so he starts selling his leg, and I'm getting worried. But nonetheless, he comes back. He, hit, he goes up top again and does hit Cash Wheeler. Uh, but now with a moonsault, with a reverse head drop is what uh, Excalibur called it. Seemed like a coffin drop, but just more straight. Uh, very interesting. I've never seen anyone do anything like that. Uh, we get a double pin situation after some uh, Ranas from both uh, Samurai and Arrow Star. That gets them a two. But the finish sees Cash Wheeler reversing a roll up and he holds on to the ropes. And uh, yeah, really fun match, you guys. Uh, definitely, if you're not familiar, like I wasn't, I wasn't very familiar with Aerostar's work. This is a great showcase match to watch. Uh, following that, we have Hikaru Shia receiving her 50th win trophy. Uh, but it, the celebration's kind of cut short because Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero interrupt. And Nyla basically says that Shida has hit a lot of uh, obstacles along the way to her 50th win. But next week, she's going to hit roadblock. Because they face off in the TBS tournament. And Nyla Rose is fairly confident she's going to win. Because of uh, Hikaru Shida's bum knee. Uh, following that we have what I would like to call the bathroom break of the night. Inner Circle and American Top Team. Um, yeah I'm kind of tired of hearing Judas now. I think it's a Pavlovian effect. Of I hear Judas and I think American Top Team is going to come out. So not good which you know judas is fun for the crowd the live crowd loves judas they love to sing it uh but i i'm tired of hearing it because it just means i have to deal with damn lambert but i'm not trying to be a hater on it though I'm not trying to be a hater it's just this feud i think um also i found out that american top team's a gym apparently they they mentioned that damn lambert mentioned it i did not know that i'm not good with mma stuff you guys i don't like that style of stuff it, it makes me ew, it makes me not it makes me cringe because they're getting hurt on purpose i don't like that so um anyways you guys chris jericho and the inner circle they're gonna pick their you know pick the members of american talk team to face at full gear damn lamberg is kind of like too excited for this he he has a contract he's like it's an open contract you can write in whoever you want so he starts introducing everyone kind of like they're pieces of meat on a menu. And it, it made me uncomfortable to think of Junior Dos Santos as a steak. So a little weird. Uh, but in the end, Inner Circle end up picking Junior Dos Santos. And uh, I forgot that other guy's name. I'm sorry. I was trying to write it down, but I couldn't even spell it. Another UFC guy. No, not a top guy. So it's a little weird. Another UFC guy. And Dan Lambert as the final member. Paige Van, Van Zant was making a very good case for herself. But in the end, she's not going to be in this match. Which I think is kind of a mistake. The crowd kind of wanted it. And it's the only time that the crowd has actually responded to American Top Team. 
in a way that isn't go away heat. So a little bit of a mistake if you ask me. Uh, either way though, we're going to see Dan Lambert, which I kind of figured in this match. And no top guys, no Scorpio Sky and no, uh, you know, Ethan Page, which thought they would kind of carry the match. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I missed something. I don't, I don't know. It just feels incomplete. Uh, if I missed that, let me know. Anyways, you guys, following that, we have Matt Seidel congratulating Dante Martin on his win over him, uh, I think, last week on Rampage. I'm sorry. I, I watched them all. It's only I only review Dynamite, but I normally do watch Rampage. And I might start reviewing it again, but we'll see. Uh, but he says that uh, Matt Seidel's proud of him, and he saw all the potential that he always saw in Dante come out in that match. He says that now he's going to be training Lee Moriarty, uh, and they want a tag team match against Rush and Dante, and Rush and Dante accept. So that should be a really fun match. And uh, it'll be Leo Rush's official in-ring debut, if I'm not wrong. Or at least that's what they were saying last time. Following that, we have Jamie Hayter taking on Anna Jay in the TBS Championship Tournament. Um, this one, I, I do have some beef with it. And it's purely that I didn't get to watch enough of it. Because they took a big commercial break and uh, it got picture-in-picture, picture, but it's so small. And I'm tired of hearing uh, depressive bipolar medication ads. So I usually mute it. So yeah, I didn't get to watch enough Jamie Hayter, who I really haven't seen much of at all. And that's on me, but I wanted this to be the showcase match for me to be able to be like, okay, this is who Jamie Hayter is. This is her wrestling style. Uh, but I didn't really get that. Uh, but it was fun enough. Don't get me wrong. It's just like, I wanted this to be longer. Um, these two go hold for hold at the start of this match. Do you see what I get there? Um, do you see what I did there? Good punchline, man. Uh, Anna Jay launches Jamie into the outside, uh, and then, like, launches her into the barricade. She rolls her in, but then when she's trying to get into the ring, Jamie blindsides her with a big kick. We go to commercial, we come back, and it's, like, five minutes later. Anna Jay is able to make a comeback and nails a perfect DDT for two. JR does a good call here, and he's like, I know if you, if you got a finisher, you gotta work on it. And you gotta make it crisp. A finisher's supposed to finish the match. Uh, which I don't really know if that's her finisher now that I think about it. Anyways, she looks for the Queen Slayer, that like Coquina Clutch submission hold, that sleeper. Uh, but she gets thrown off. She is able to lock it in again. Britt Breaker gets involved, and Jamie Hayter is able to win with a Lariat. Um, they proceed to beat down on her after the match. Ty Conti makes the save. With a series of forearms to everyone. Hits a big boot on Britt. But the numbers game is too much for her. They beat her down. They look to give her a curve stomp onto the women's title. This brings out Thunder Rosa. And she makes the final save of the segment. And uh, yeah, it's going to be Thunder Rosa versus who? Versus Jamie Hayter, I believe. So hopefully those are two of my favorite. Uh, like, well, okay. Jamie Hayter has, my, it has the potential to be my favorite. I've heard a lot of good things about her. But Thunder Rosa is genuinely one of my favorite wrestlers, period. So I'm really excited for this match. And hopefully that will be the showcase match. Uh, although I do think Jamie Hayter is going to be going in a losing effort. But yeah. Following that, we have Jay Cargill, who has a bye in the TBS tournament. Uh, she's basically saying that she doesn't. it doesn't matter who she faces because she's going to win and turn the title into that bitch show. Which I don't like that pun because... 
I don't know. The show part is weird for a title. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, but as we know, she had to buy in the tournament. And so it's between the bunny and uh, Red Velvet. Uh, they're the final uh, matchup to determine who will face Jake Cargill, which I'm, I think is just going to be Red Velvet. Um, could be could be the bunny i don't know that's heel versus heel but it doesn't really matter because jr cargill is going to beat you whoever it is uh, following that we have an mjf promo and normally well not normally lately i have not been enjoying many of mjf mjs promos um and i've found the warlow storyline the most interesting part of his segments but today he proved me wrong he shined in this promo segment and it genuinely made me feel like this is a Ric Flair sting-like situation. They are just going to always be at odds. And, you know, and, and it wasn't necessarily in anything they said specifically. It's just the attitudes and the, the, the characters that these two are and just how they are with the crowd. It feels... And, and MJF does mention this later that, that, you know, they are on the precipice of being legendary. I think if done really, you know, if done right for a long enough period of time, this feud, these two individuals may be linked to each other in history, much like Ric Flair and Sting are, you know? I think it truly has that potential. Uh, but anyways, MJF starts it off. He says, let's face it, Darby, this company doesn't work without us. We're the pillars of this company. These fans know who we are and what we'll become, and that's legendary. Uh, he says that he's the example of what these people can never become, and Darby is just one of them. You're just like them. You'll never fit in, and you'll never win. Darby, he's in the crowd this whole time, by the way, and they show him earlier, I think in the Lucha, uh, in the Lucha Tag Titles match, that he's been in the crowd the whole night, probably just having a nice uh, $18 beer, uh, $42 popcorn, just chilling. But he responds, he says, I am an outcast, and at full gear, we're going to have a wrestling match because I'm going to let all my anger out on you tonight. Uh, and this makes MJF like, nope, I'm not dealing with it. He retreats uh, down to the ramp, but Sting comes out, forces him uh, to turn around. Sting is also, like, flanked by a bunch of weird-looking druids that are all just wearing, like, not even a Darby face mask mask. It's like Darby's face taped onto the side of their heads is really weird uh we we can't really see a bit warlow and sean spears tend to these druids they're beating them up uh but mjf and darby allen start to brawl in the crowd um darby eventually kind of gets control near the near the barricade and he like backs up a really far distance gets a full sprint and hits a lariat sending them both crashing over the barricade and it looked rough guys that looked rough uh, he looks for a coffin drop in the ring, but MJF runs off, and that's where we end the segment. And like I said, I really, I really dug this promo. I think this is one of the best promos from MJF I've ever seen. Um, you know, and I've only been watching consistently throughout this last like few months. Uh, I would tune in kind of infrequently before, especially during pandemic era. I pretty much didn't watch much wrestling, but this is this is like good stuff this is genuinely like i didn't like i didn't want him to stop talking i was like man this is really good 
But anyways, you guys, and I'm excited to see that match. That match is going to be a killer. And the in Darby's whole story, of you're not going to break me mentally. We are going to have a straight up wrestling match is so good. It's so simple, yet so it gives him so much uh, like it, it makes him feel dangerous because now he's like, I'm going to beat you up as much as I can and get all my aggression out now. So that way in the match, I don't lose my cool. And I think that's really good. Following that, we have Andrade El Ilulo. Uh, taking on the nightmare himself, Cody Rhodes. Um, this is a really fun match. This is really good. As we all heard, Malachi Black barred from ringside, obviously. So, yeah, this is like a really good match. Andrade starts off the match with just a big slap to Cody's face. Loved it. I popped for it. Cody quickly strikes back. Um, he counters a crossbody attempt into he counters a crossbody attempt with a drop kick out of midair. Uh, Cody then looks for the Cody cutter, but Andrade like shoves him to the outside. Uh, we go to commercial. We come back. Andrade has been in control the entire break. Cody looks to make a comeback, but Andrade uh, in uh, sorry. Cody looks to make a comeback, but he eats a Judas effect. Which, man, I love Andrade's, like, you know, the fake-out back elbow, the fake-out juice effect that he does. Makes me pop every time. I literally always fall for it. If he was in the ring with me and he did that, I would fall for it every time. Because I really do think he's going to boot, but then he does the elbow. And as many times as I've seen this man do it, I should know by now, but I don't. Because, man, it's so good. Uh, Cody does eventually catch Andrade with a stiff lariat, and he starts hearing a rain of boos. As the crowd is like, oh, man, he could win this. Uh, Cody looks for crossroads. Andrade reverses it into the three amigos with the third amigo shooting Cody right into the turnbuckles. Uh, Cody gets up. He hits some like dusty punches on him, uh, but Andrade is able to come back. He locks in a figure four. Uh, Cody, being the wise veteran taught by the master himself, Arn Anderson, he rolls onto his tum tum. Uh, and Andrade, at this point, JR makes a really weird call. He's like, I've heard wrestlers say when when it gets turned over like that, it feels like an Indian deathlock, or or I sh or how I should say because I am one, a Native American deathlock. Didn't need to hear that, sir. Anyways, um, <laughs> anyways, Andrade's manager uh, gets up on the apron, starts to distract the ref. Uh, Arn pulls down whatever that guy's name I I always forget. It's just the assistant. Arn punches him right in the face. The ref's dealing with this on this side of the ring. Andrade is on the outside on the opposite side of the ring. Cody sees an opportunity to go for a middle rope dive. So he goes for the dive. But out of nowhere, FTR have appeared with their AAA titles and blast Cody right in the face mid-dive, knocking him out. Andrade rolls him back into the ring, hits a, a hammerlock DDT, which I'm glad he's doing the hammerlock DDT again and not that hammerlock like flatliner thing. Uh, and get the win. Fantastic finish. I did not see FTR coming. And they truly did hide under the ring. So I love it. I, I actually loved it. Uh, bonus points for being under the ring. Anything that's under the ring pops me every time. Uh, Post-match, FTR and Andrade start to beat down on Cody Rhodes. Arn Anderson gets in the ring. And he gets in Tully Blanchard's face. Former partners. Uh, and Andrade is loving this. He's clapping. He's telling the crowd to clap. Uh, he's absolutely loving it. Two old men about to fight. Uh, but before anything can happen, Lucha Bros make the save, run everyone off. Like I said, this was a fun, 
segment. This was a fun match. And again, speaks to like the interconnectivity, that's a word, of the AEW like storylines. You know, you have separate factions like the House of Black, like the Pinnacle, and they're all working in the same guard. They understand they have this, they have motives that make sense. You know, the Pinnacle's only here because Andrade's clearly bankrolling them. And it's only temporary. MGF has made it very clear it's temporary, which honestly, guys, if this is like further building up MGF losing FTR, I'm going to be so happy because then we're going to get an FTR Andrade match, and that's going to be fantastic. But that's looking too far in the future. Oh, and Warlow turning on. Oh, my gosh. If if MGF loses everyone in the pinnacle except Sean Spears, oh, that's going to be good. And then it's to rebuild the pinnacle. Anyways, anyways, not to get too carried away, but yeah, just like how interconnected things are, it makes the show just feel real. It makes it feel like it's it's almost like a movie. Like every character knows each other and they interact with each other and it, it makes sense. They have motivations that align with their character. It's good. It's really good. And WWE does this sometimes. Like there's some Raws and SmackDowns where they they kind of do this, especially around like Survivor Series time. They tend to uh, like faction people up and really establish motives. And it always just makes the show feel so much better. And it makes the characters have more depth because you're seeing other parts of their psyche other than just in-ring promo and in-match. You know, it's like, where are their alignments? Who are their friends? You know, it's good stuff. I like it. Following that, we have a John Silver promo in the ring. He says that uh, he's been trying to give Adam Cole, a.k.a. Budge, uh, advice, uh, like cutting his hair, changing his name to Budge, and uh, to be the Dark Order's manager. And since Adam Cole hasn't been responding to that advice, Johnny Hungy is very mad for their match on Friday. A uh, really good short promo there. And uh, I, I like Johnny Hungy. I think his name is funny, first of all, Johnny Hungy. Uh, and then, yeah, it, he cracked me up with Budge. <laughs> so anyways, following that, we have the Bunny and Velvet, uh, Red Velvet promo. It's another back and forth, much like the Ruby Soho Chris Stantlander one is. And Red Velvet says that she's not going to hesitate to beat her ass again. Uh, that should be a pretty fun match. Following that, we have Orange Cassidy taking on Miro for the finals spot of the Eliminator Tournament. This spot will determine who's going to face Brian Danielson at full gear, guys. Big stakes on the line. Uh, Brian Danielson does come out on commentary for this matchup. Um, Orange Cassidy has some rib tape on his uh, stomach. Uh, They're attributing this to Matt Hardy delivering that uh, leg drop to the table about a month ago, and then Powerhouse Hobbs doing like a torture rack and abdominal stretch. On Orange Cassidy in their match so Orange Cassidy banged up uh, also Miro has like tape around his leg but that didn't really come into play here we get a lot of cat and mouse early on Orange Cassidy trying to put his hands in his pocket but he has to leave the ring to do it Miro comes outside tries to chase him Orange Cassidy runs back in runs does a middle rope dive but Miro catches him for a belly-to-belly on the outside we go to commercial uh, Miro has control during the entire break. We come back. Orange Cassidy uh, comes back with a nice Tornado DDT, which we all know now Miro's biggest weakness is his neck. So DDTs are really good. 
Um, Miro bails out of the ring after Orange Cassidy was looking for his orange punch. Orange Cassidy then launches himself to the outside, and this drives himself and Miro through the bellkeeper's table. Really nice spot. Miro barely makes the count. Uh, Orange Cassidy looks for another orange punch. Miro catches him with a belly-to-belly. Um, or no, Miro catches him with a knee, I think, that time. Catches him with a knee. But somehow, Orange Cassidy like, just picks up Miro, hits an air raid crash. Gets, uh, he's looking for another orange punch. But Miro nails him with a super kick. And the game over for the win. And yeah, Miro, the redeemer, God's favorite champion, is going to be facing Brian Danielson in the finals at full gear. And I'm looking forward to this match. This is not a matchup that I thought we were going to get yet. And man, it's going to be good. It's just the only thing about this is Miro's. I don't think Miro's going to win it. Like there's no, there's no real doubt for me. There was a lot of doubt as to who was going to win this match. I didn't know if Miro or Orange Cassidy would win because, honestly, it would fit into Miro's story to lose here because, you know, then he can blame God. So him winning here surprised me. And him facing Brian, I don't know. I just don't see him beating Brian. And I think, again, like I thought with this match, it's going to play into his story with God, you know, he'll be like, you got me this close and then you let me fall at the last second, you know? So I, I do think that this isn't going to be as much as, you know, like up in the air as Moxley versus Danielson was, where I kind of thought Moxley was going to hand Danielson his first loss. And I just don't think the plan is the same anymore. I think Danielson will face, I if... I was booking it. He's going to face Hangman Page for that AEW title. And I kind of think that's where this is going um, with Omega still somewhere in the mix. But yeah, I mean, it just it does have a lack of, uh, of doubt, I guess, of surprise. But who knows? Who knows? And this match is going to be good either way. It's Miro, not Rusev. It's Miro versus Brian Danielson, which is a matchup that is just tailor-made, you know? Like, Miro is so brutish and strong and is gonna overpower Danielson and Danielson's gonna have to chop away at this freaking redwood that is Miro and that's gonna be fun to watch um yeah this pay-per-view is just shaping out to possibly be a, a show of the year and they already had show of the year with all out so whoo anyways you guys that's all I have for tonight you know like I said this was a really good dynamite and uh it really carried by just how the stories just flow into each other and the people and the performances in the ring, you know? Um, so yeah, let me know what you guys think about this. Um, feel free to, you know, leave a like. If you got this far and you didn't leave a like, it's kind of rude. Uh, leave a like, leave a rating or a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. I will make it a mission to read all of my reviews on the show. And so, yeah. Um, until the next one, you guys have a good one. Peace.